Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Hope everybody's having a good day, pleasant day. Yesterday was quite a day. If you, well, I'm pretty sure that everybody here, a lot of people here that listen to this podcast are residents of the United States of America. Yesterday, there was a alert that occurred around 11.20 my time, in which every device, every phone, every TV, every radio station, every form of technology that is that can be that can receive an alert got a huge alert all at the same time and i was able to actually see multiple people TVs radios all get this alert at the same exact time it was quite remarkable if i'm being completely honest because i actually knew that this was coming right the day before I was scrolling X, and I was looking at things, and I saw that there was a public, um, a media company, I think it was Variety, that I follow on X, and they tweeted, actually they posted, um, that there was going to be a massive alert test throughout the entire United States, and this is, you know, what you know the the government sends out when there's like uh, emergencies or things that you need to be aware of at that moment and then it was just a test and um i had completely forgot about it until when it actually happened and everybody got at at once and i was like what was going on they looked at it and it was just a test you know you know this is a test to see if this works and it did work at the same time that they said that it would go on, and I was thinking to myself before that, like, is it actually going to go on? What if it doesn't? You know, what if it's uh, delayed? What if it's like, um, I guess, like, they did say that it was going to be at this certain time of the day, and what I was just thinking to myself, like, what if, like, it doesn't work, or what if, like, it goes on within, like, ever so many, like, increments of time, like, this region gets it, this region gets it here at this time, but no, it all went on at the same exact time, and I was actually kind of thinking to myself, as soon as it happened, I knew it was a test, I knew it was going to happen, I knew it was, you know, it, it was just a test, but what if there was actually in a national emergency, like, what if there was actually something that would trigger the United States government to launch one of these alerts because now that we know that this technology, even though it's not even that big of a, you know, that much of a groundbreaking tech, that it actually does work. And it works pretty well because I was seeing and hearing other people get it at the same time and I was just thinking to myself like, well, you know what, this, even though I'm pretty sure I've received them before in the past, knowing when it was going to happen, like this was supposed to be scheduled at this day, at this time, the fact that it actually happened at that day, at that time, pretty remarkable. You know, you think with like, uh, you know, how big the country is and how this is all going to shape out, that there might be some delays or might be some complications, but there wasn't. Now to bring it back to the conversation of what if there was actually a reason to push that alert button? What would it be? What what really determines the national alert button? 
I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe one of the obvious reasons for, like, a, you to get, like, a national, like, a, like a, everybody in the country gets this alert, would have to be, um, like, a, like, a huge earthquake like that 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 shakes like the entire country or or that a, a meteor is coming to earth or that uh maybe um yellowstone erupts and the world is going to end right that would be like something that i think that the country the government who's ever running these alerts would be like yeah this particular event is worth having a national alert go out to every everybody in the country. Now, that would be actually terrible because that would be no fun. Like could you imagine that there is a national alert because Yellowstone erupts. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like the volcanoes in Yellowstone that when they blow up, like they're supposed to be such a big eruption that it destroys the world or at least like destroys like the entire country or the entire continent of North America. I can't rem remember which one exactly, but I was thinking to myself like that would be probably something that, you know, they would do it and they would have, it would, it would be a traumatic and a gigantic disaster, but it would have some time for the officials who work with the alerts to alert everybody else in the country. Obviously, probably at this point, the people that live near Yellowstone in Yellowstone are probably already toast at this point. They're already burnt to a crisp, unfortunately. But everybody else in the country is probably going to be like, you know, seeing the, um, the ripples of that explosion and like seeing like gigantic clouds of ash and smoke just you know just engulf the sky and you know you'd be like whoa uh, what's going on here and then you get like an alert like uh yellowstone blow just blew up the world is ending find shelter now or you'll die like could you imagine that that would be something that's very not fun like that would be like a disaster that's like you know what I getting this alert is actually not is making me even more scared than I thought I need that than I need to be at this moment. Just because like the sound of the alert too, like the the little alarm and the beep, not the not the beep, but the alarm that goes in with the um, with the alert is very very scary. And whatever whoever like decided to pick the sound of the national alert system is kind of an evil genius because it is in no way, shape, or form something that I want to hear ever. Like, when I hear, when I see, like, if I'm watching TV, let's say, and it's happened in the past, like, if there's, like, a, you know, a tornado that is, like, you know, that they think that could, like, touch ground in the area that I'm living in, they will play, like, a similar alert on the TV with the same type of sound like that that sound that that alert makes is not pleasant it's actually terrifying and I don't think that you know that is something that I want to hear when something bad is about to happen you know I would almost rather it just happen and me not really know too much about it if I'm being completely honest because that sound and that alert just in heightens my stress 
and and it, and it would just heighten my my fear, and that's not something that I want. That's not something that I that I would want in my final minutes on this earth, or like my you know the final minutes before my house gets absolutely fucking blown away by a tornado, or you know something like that. You know, whoever thought of that is an evil genius, like an evil genius because it like. It hits you to your soul, like the sound of when it happens. It is just like in fear-inducing, and like you almost kind of want to crumble up in a ball, and just kind of wait it out, and hopefully you survive. Like hopefully you will prevail, survive, and be and you'd be like, you know, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be okay. That that would be something that I would not want to hear before disaster strikes. Right, you know, I guess like maybe a fun one, maybe not a fun one actually, a really bad one, maybe even worse than volcano, because the volcano erupts like you don't really like. I don't think that you could actually predict when a volcano erupts. I don't think you can. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, as far to my knowledge, and it isn't much. I don't think that you can pr- predict when a volcano will explode. Or erupt, right? Um, but you can predict a meteor. Like you, you can like kind of like trace a meteor and predict where a meteor is going to hit because we have like telescopes and satellites and you know people studying the sky and people like, yo, look at this. This is coming right at us. We gotta go, or we gotta, you know, we gotta, you know, disperse or, or evacuate. You know, we have somewhat of a better grasp on when a meteor will strike and when it will strike the planet than a volcano that is already on our planet from exploding, which is insane to think about, but, you know, something that that is in our capabilities of knowledge. But that would be also a very, very bad one. Like, imagine that alert popping up on your phone like, Meteor the size of entire city is approaching Earth's atmosphere without stopping, without slowing down or whatever, gaining speed, and we do not have the capabilities to avoid it or engage it. At that point, like, if it's, like, the size of a gigantic city, like, pretty much, like, that's it for us, right? Like, that's something that's, like, gonna just put our planet into a freaking wasteland of just nothing no life at all i mean i think that the meteor that that killed the dinosaurs was what was much 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 smaller than like an actual city size so you think about it like a city size meteor coming to the planet like there ain't no way no one is surviving that unless you already have like an underground shelter with food for like decades which nobody has and you're like you're prepped and you're ready and you're like, I ain't moving. I'm digging down and I'm bunkering in. But if you're not, if you're not somebody like that, I mean, at that point, you're toast. And at that point, I would not want, I would not want that alert. Because at that point, there is pretty much no escaping that fate. It's pretty much set in stone like the planet is done. The planet is due for a massive reset. And everybody's going. You your dog, the lions, the tigers, 
They're all gone. Ain't no way Noah's Ark can save us. No Ark, no one can save us at that point. So I think at that point, I would not want a national alert. I would just not want one. I mean, I don't care if it... If it, if, if, it, if it helps people, like, you know, people, like, think that they need to hear it, I wouldn't want that. I'll be honest, I, I just wouldn't want that. I guess the funnest one, you know, after those really, you know, depressing ones, which you really have no choice of, the funnest one I think that we could have is Alien Invasion. That would be so sick. Like, it wouldn't be good, right? It would be actually terrible. But in Alien Invasion, I feel like we could actually have a chance to fight back and to prepare and to really like be able to get ready to, ready to defend our planet and, and stand our ground and be like, these aliens ain't going to fuck with us and we're going to fuck with them. And this is kind of a, just a, a, an alert and not just an alert, but like a, a get ready. You know, it's an alarm, like get ready. We're about to fight. That would be much more fun. That would be actually a lot more of a fun national alert than those other ones that are just like doomsday. I wouldn't want that. I don't know, though, if like um, an alien species would actually go to that big of a pomp and circumstance to invade our planet, though. You know, unless they were warmongers and they wanted our planet or they wanted to kill us, you know, just for the sake of it because they can, that would be a crazy alert. That would be insane. Like, could you imagine that just just across your screens, like, aliens have landed and are hostile and seek shelter, defend yourself as best you can. The military has been deployed um, and, you know, be with your families. Like, that would be actually insane. That'd be a crazy, crazy thing to think about. But I would farly much, much, much take that over any other doomsday scenario. I just would. I just would. I would not would not want to be in a in a, in a volcanic disaster, a meteor, f- zombie apocalypse, nah, nuclear fallout. I would not want to deal with any of those because the outcome is always grim. It's always I think in the in those scenarios, like the most grimmest of futures that you can actually possibly live in. See, alien invasion, like, unless we're all enslaved by the aliens, that'd be pretty bad. But at the point before all that, let's say, you know, it's not at that point yet. Before that, we have the chance, the opportunity, the sole opportunity for earth to unite as one and to be like you know what we may have our differences we may be rams fans we may be 49ers fans but today i am a human being and i will stand and defend earth i would take up arms and fight off these alien scum from from taking over our planet and destroying us one by one. You know, that movie Independence Day really, really works. Like, it, it is like the dream scenario in order to unite an entire planet. 
Now, that is a movie, right? That is a movie that is written, and it's meant to be an action movie, but a feel-good movie also. It has Will Smith in his absolute prime of an actor. Maybe his earlier days, but those early days of Will Smith is prime Will Smith to me. And him as the hero in Independence Day, you know, like just uniting people around the globe. Everybody's uniting to fight off the aliens. The differences are just gone. Nobody cares about religion. Anything like that is just gone. No one cares. It's just humans versus aliens because they want to kill us all. And they don't want any part of us. They want to exterminate us. It's an extermination mission. And we're next. That's, I believe, a quote in the movie. And um, today, if we were in, in like a similar circumstance where aliens were trying to invade us, I can guarantee you, like just by, you know, just how the world works and how countries will stab each other in the back, will betray each other, how people are so distrustful. No one can really trust anybody anymore, or at least it's very hard to. Some countries might give up like their entire freedoms and side with the aliens. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine like our enemies like Let's say, like, the aliens have a um, a goal, right, to, to exterminate Earth. But we will start with the United States of America. We are going to start there. They, they make that very, very clear. They, they make that very clear. And then could you imagine if all the countries that hated us, that hate our guts, hate, hate our very existence, could you imagine... Them being like, yo, aliens, we don't like them either. Like, if you let us live and we just all team up and exterminate the United States of America, uh, we'll be on your side, we'll, we'll serve you, you can have our planet. Like, could you imagine that? I, I mean, like, that. that is a very, very far-stretched-out scenario. It very much is. But I definitely can see other countries out there that do not like us one bit. That they're like, you know what? Okay, like we'll, we'll, we'll side with you. You know, we'll exterminate the fuck out of the USA, but you can stick around because you know you 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 offer to help, and I guess we'll keep you as second class citizens under our regime, and you can live. Like I could totally see something like that happen. I mean, I just feel like today's world is much more darker, much more like much 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 more corrupt than any movie really um any tv show ever depicts like the world is just a much more grimmer place than it actually is and it's not something that you want to think about too much because then you'll be like well is there anybody even good does anybody have a soul does anybody care about anything you'd probably be sad and disappointed to you know to come out and, and learn that nobody at least not that many people actually truly give a shit about you or me or anybody really out there. You know, it's quite, you know, sad. It's a sad realization when you like when you're like, well, who actually gives a damn about what I think? 
or about what I feel. Turns out not that many people. Not that many people care. I'll be completely honest. Something that I really, really don't care about at all. And uh, I, I, I enjoy the memes. I enjoy all the joking. And I don't really hate the person. I don't hate the person at all. I really don't hate the person, but I just really don't care about the coverage, I guess, of what's been happening with the NFL. And not with any player, but a person that they're kind of latching on to. A very famous person, a person that a lot of people enjoy. The person has a lot of fans of. Very famous person. And that's uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift who I'm, I'm not a fan of her music at all. I think like, the only real song that I've heard all the way through is um, Shake It Off, which is a very good song. It's very catchy, and I'm a big fan of catchy songs that sound good. Like, I don't give a shit about any of the lyrics in the song. I truly don't. I think one of the lines is, Haters Gonna Hate, Players Gonna Play, or something like that. Which is, you know, kind of is, is, I mean, like, it's true. Like, I'm going to hate, and I will hate, this portion of the, the how the, the NFL is, like, claiming Taylor Swift as their own. Like, it's, and it's not just, like, in the games, like, when she's supporting her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, at his games, right? But it's like now, like the NFL is posting social media posts on Instagram and on X of Taylor Swift. Like it's like it's almost like like they're trying to hijack Taylor Swift's likeness, likeliness, and to use it to gain more fans, to gain more people to watch NFL football, which is absolutely something that the NFL would do because they are business. You know, business first. The more eyes that they get on their on their games, the better business they have. I understand that. I do understand that. But I don't think that, you know, it's gonna work in the long term. You know, what if what if Travis and, and Taylor Swift do not end up, you know, being together for that long? What if it's like a kind of a short term relationship? What if it's like something that's like not even for that long? And the NFL goes into great lengths to post about it, to, 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 you know, post pictures and memes and stuff about it and videos and all that, and all this coverage of Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. And it really doesn't go that far. And it's just kind of like a, a passing shadow. You know, like you see it there, it's hot for a minute, and then it's gone. That's kind of how I feel about this whole coverage, the NFL coverage of, of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship, even though I'm pretty sure that none of them probably like what the NFL is doing with their relationship. I mean, Travis Kelsey has come out and said that the NFL is kind of like like blowing it out of proportion, you know, sharing a little too much, posting a little too much about them, her and Taylor, which, you know, I can understand. If I was in a relationship with somebody famous and I didn't want anybody to know, I would say, you know, don't come to anything that I'm involved in, you know, don't, don't show your face, don't come to anything that I do, don't, don't interact with me, 
let's just keep it a secret. And I'm pretty sure like like Taylor Swift fans, you know, as crazy and as rabid as they can be, they would probably sniff out a Travis Kelsey. But it would take some time. You know, it would take a lot of time. And I'm pretty sure there was there was rumblings before she was before she debuted, you know, right beside Donna Kelsey in in, in her uh in her in, in her suite at Arrowhead Stadium. Before that, there was like rumblings, and that you know that big um that big reveal, that announcement, essentially, you know, sitting next to Travis Kelsey's mom, confirming that they are you know seeing each other, that they are a couple, you know, just blew up like their whole status. And you know these these memes and these jokes and these people saying that, and it's mainly Taylor Swift fans like saying that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey, um in the light or, or made him notable or made him noticeable. I mean, clearly a troll, you know, the fact that some people are like, you know, how dare you? What are you talking about? Like, honestly, I mean, like it's a complete troll. It's a complete joke. And it's a complete troll. The fact that people are actually falling for this and overreacting is insane. I mean, the, 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 the amount of people, the amount of people that actually, share the same this the two interests right there are not many people out there that i'm going to assume and i'm going to guess that share the these two interests interests taylor swift like loving taylor swift like being like a mega fan of taylor swift and being a giant fan of the nfl there're probably not a lot of people that share those two those two in particular interests there probably is not that many so the fact that you know this whole thing of like uh, taylor swift put travis kelsey on the map or or he made him famous like obviously the the swifties are going to say that because they don't even know football probably they probably don't even know anything about football they probably didn't even know who travis kelsey was we knew like us fans of the nfl we know because he's the best tight end in the league of course we know who he is. He's Travis Kelsey. But the fact that people were just like getting mad about it when Swifties were like saying like, oh, well, I, I, you know, Taylor Swift made Travis Kelsey famous. It's, it's completely a joke. It's completely a joke. And you know what? The fact that I'm even talking about it, that I'm talking about Taylor Swift when I never would in my life because I'm not a fan. The fact that... I'm actually talking about Taylor Swift is insane because, you know, she was, she probably would have never come across my radar, my algorithm, if she had never dated Travis Kelsey. I was just in my own little world, watching my football on my football Sundays, having a time, and then all of a sudden I see, you know, um, Taylor Swift, nothing wrong with that, but then I get the Swifties coming in, and the Swifties trying to be NFL fans, and possibly being Travis Kelsey fans, and, you know, invading the space of football, because Taylor Swift is, is goes to, to, to two games to watch Travis, Travis Kelsey, it's like, dang, I mean, it, it, it truly was an invasion of uh, of interest like Taylor Swifties just invaded the NFL because of them being um together 
You know, it, it's insane. I actually could not believe it, how quick that they came and that they're not just like, you know, now now she's like, there's like reports and trackers. Like, is she going to be at this game? Is she going to be at that game? It's like, oh my God. Like, like I, I, I haven't really seen like any celebrities, you know, game day status that is treated with such importance in my life. Like now there's like Taylor Swift watches at these NFL games. Is she going to be with Travis after the game? Is she going to be with Donna Kelsey? It's like, dude, this is actually insane. Uh, for one, how many people even care about this woman? I know she's a great singer. It, she has to be. She's she's She has so many fans. I know that she's very beautiful. She's an attractive woman. I could see that. But like the fact that how much like she has Swifties, how like 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 Taylor Swift is like their god almost is actually insane. I don't understand it and I don't think that I ever will. I really don't think that I ever will. It's it's bizarre like I am a fan of like, you know, famous people as well. I'm I'm a, I was a big fan of Will Smith before he slapped Chris Rock and I think that, you know, I still am a fan of Will Smith. I don't think that his that the slap was, you know, a good thing at all, but I still like his movies, but I'm like I'm not going to be like, "Oh, is Will Smith going to be at the Philadelphia Eagles game? He's from Philly. He loves the Eagles. Like, I'm not going to be like, you know, that crazy. You know, it's almost as like we are now seeing these fan accounts that are on Instagram and X that just worship these celebrities, these actors. Now they're just becoming more and more like, you know, especially with like Taylor Swift and the, and the Swifties. It's like a real life experience when you see how they act. When Taylor Swift is like, even within a mile radius, maybe even more, like they just crowd everything. They they actually could be like um, um, a disturbance of the peace because I've seen, I think it was like her first game um, at Arrowhead Stadium, and like they they were just like kind of like rushing like the area where she was located at in um in Arrowhead Stadium, and like people were just like waiting for her to come out, and so they could you know snap a picture. And, you know, just, um, uh, you know, say, hey, Taylor, and, you know, go crazy. I mean, you see everybody do it now. It's, it's actually kind of insane. If I was a celebrity, well, you know, I'm not a celebrity, but actually, no. If I was in the position, in the presence of a celebrity that I like, like uh, Matthew Stafford, if I'm, like, in a vicinity of Matthew Stafford, and I'm I'm a, I'm a Rams fan. I love Matthew Stafford. I'm going to do my very very best to not pull out a camera, to not take a picture, to not take a video and just say what's up dude. I mean like I'm being dead serious. Like I would do my very very best. Like I might get like the the you know the uh because it's like a one in a million shot. It's like a one in a billion actually. That I'm in the same vicinity as like Matthew Stafford, like somebody I actually care about, that I actually enjoy what he does, and you know my interest in football, right? Like, and I'm a Rams fan, like, and he's a quarterback, like I would be fucking like almost starstruck, right? But I would do my very, very, very best to not like shove my camera in his face, shove myself to take a selfie. I'd just be like, "What's up, dude?" Maybe dap him up a little bit, maybe handshake, and I'd be like, "What's up? How you doing?" I would try my very best to do that because I feel like with celebrities and with like athletes like that that are famous, like they don't want they 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 do not want 
to have like cameras and publicity and attention given to them, especially like when they're doing like day to day things like getting coffee, going to the grocery store, running some errands, like working out at the gym, maybe even just driving their car. Like I would do my very, very best because I don't think that in they want that in their lives. Like there, there might be a point like at the very beginning of their stardom when they're like, you know, getting used to things and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, they're getting, you know, acclimated with how their life is going to be with fame and with fortune. And I would just kind of like be like, you know, an actual person with these people. Because at the end of the day, I feel like they would like that interaction a lot more than an over-the-top fan trying to get like a selfie like every single second that they see them. Or like even with like a, you know, I'm a big fan of comedy. Like I love Dave Chappelle. I love Tom Segura. Chris Rock, I think that I would just be like, you know, what's up, dude? How you doing? You know, what you doing? What, how you doing? I wouldn't even ask them about their profession because I, I doubt they want to hear, like, I love your special or I love your movies. I doubt they want to hear that. You know, as much as, like, they, you know, they're grateful for what they do and, you know, they love what they do as well, that to them is still, like, work, you know, I, I, I would assume, and the last thing that they want to probably hear is is stuff about work, you know. So I think I would, you know, if I were to meet somebody, and you know, let's say I actually do meet Matthew Stafford, I would do my very very best to not talk about the Rams or even football because I feel like that that's something like they like like they would not want to hear. They just would not want to hear about that stuff, you know. It's like it's like meeting like Brad Pitt. And be like, yo, I love you and the glorious bastards, bro. Like, I don't think he wants to hear that. I think he's well past that movie. He's already done it. He doesn't want to hear anything about that, you know? He just wants to, like, live his life. Like, if he's getting a coffee, if we're at, like, a coffee shop, right? He's getting a coffee, I'm right next to him. Be like, yo, what's there, what's good to get here, bro? Like, what, what, can you recommend me a coffee? Like, or a tea, or a spritz, or whatever the hell you drink? Or, um, uh, um espresso like give me something that I could that I that's gonna be good I would ask him that because like there's got to be a point in time when you're a celebrity and you don't have like an assistant getting your own coffee there's a point I think every celebrity's life where they're just like you know what I'm gonna brave the public and just go get my own shit because I don't care anymore I don't care you know you see these crazy like photos of like celebrities out getting coffee and shit i've seen those a million places all the time right you gotta think to yourself like you know this dude this girl is famous right this this person is famous ain't no way they're gonna be out out in public getting a coffee they have people to do that they they pay people to go get them stuff why would they be out there is it because they don't want to pay it They pay the person to go get the coffee or they're just like, you know, I'm feeling like I want to go see some people. All right. I mean, maybe I think like they they, they can kind of get by, you know, in and out and then just come back with their coffee or whatever they're doing. Right. Just brave, brave the world and go out there. You know, I just kind of want to, you know, if I was in that position to see somebody famous, I would make it a pleasant experience. I would do my very, very, very best to not uh, annoy them 
not make them regret their decision. Maybe even try to be their friend. Me that that might that might even be like the one the one thing that they don't want is for somebody to be friendly. But I guarantee you that it's probably a lot better than shoving a phone camera in their face wanting to get a selfie or wanting to wanting to take a picture. Like I don't think that anybody wants that. I mean, if you were in that position, if you were in that position, you wouldn't want that either. You would not want somebody in your direct face pushing a camera in your face to take a selfie. You would not want that. I don't care who you are. You wouldn't want that. So I think that, you know, I'm kind of preparing myself for when this does happen. If in fact it does happen to keep cool, keep calm, and just not freak out, you know, I think that that's like the best advice I can give you for that, even though it's probably never going to happen to you, you know, it would might it probably make someone's day if you just didn't, if you were not like an over the top fan, and you know, in this case, kind of stemming off of, you know, Taylor Swift and her fans, those people are so crazy, so rabid, and the only the ones I've seen on social media, and, you know, just on the internet in general, those people are crazy. Like, they are pretty much insane. Like, again, they, they think that Taylor Swift is their god. And you know what? Maybe she has some pretty good songs I just have never heard that if I hear I'll become a Swifty, I'm not too sure. But they got those people. She has those people, like, pretty much hook, line, and sinker. Like, they love her. They want to know who she's dating at all times. And maybe that is also a, that could also be a reason of why she's had so many different, you know, boyfriends. Like, what if, like, the fact that they are literally watching her every single move is a reason of why these relationships don't work? That could be possibly a thing, too. Like, there's just too many eyes on this woman, I think. And I think that that's, you know, probably a bad thing. You know, when you have too much publicity, too many eyes on you, I don't think it's good for your brain, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I don't think that that the amount of fame that we get, that people get, celebrities get, famous people get in, in life is healthy for anybody. I truly don't think so because you see, I mean, like, if you were at any event where you were the center of attention, like, let's say you had to give a speech right, of, you know, uh, uh, a speech at your school, or like a, anything like that, where you were the center of attention, it doesn't really feel good, it's pretty intimidating, it's scary, then you have like anxiety after like what you said, was it right what I said, did people like it, and you just kind of think about that, Taylor Swift has to have that literally every single day, 24-7, like, Anything she says, anything she does, any person she's with is is looked at under a microscope and just like criticized, ridiculed, analyzed. It's like it's 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 an insane way to live your life. And my God, I hope she doesn't really pay attention to anything any any of it because I don't think anybody could actually live like a a normal life if you do. Not to say that her life is normal, but like it can't be like oh this is a pleasant time. Like, I'm having such a good life. Yay. I don't think that's possible. At that at that level of fame, like, when, when you have, like, that level of fame and that level of 
celebrity like life like that that just cannot be that cannot be pleasant but yeah the swifties have taken over the nfl and i'm not sure if i'm a fan of it but you know we'll see and it's it's not really the swifties taylor swift is just as you know the nfl is just milking taylor swift now which is kind of annoying um like you know just over the top just kind of like is milking Taylor Swift like look who's at the game look who's here it's like oh my god we don't care football fans we don't care Swifties you can care that's fine care about Taylor Swift go ahead no one is stopping you just don't invade my Sundays um moving on though moving on to a different topic review time review time for the show Ahsoka the new Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus, Ahsoka, starring Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. I talked about it a little bit about two months ago when it first premiered, and I was really excited about it. I was excited. I like what I was seeing. I was a fan of Rebels. I was a fan of Clone Wars. I love Ahsoka, the character of Ahsoka. I've always loved. I've always, you know... At the beginning, it was pretty cringy to get into because she wasn't well-written. But with the evolution of the character throughout the Clone Wars, throughout Rebels, and even in Mandalorian. And I believe she's in Book of Boba Fett as well, but I can't, I'm can't. i not too sure. Being played by Rosario Dawson, voiced by Ashley Eckstein. Like she is a solidified goat of Star Wars. I almost feel like the people who don't know or have never seen anything with Ahsoka Tano, especially animated, are missing a big chunk of like what a full experience of Star Wars is. Like if you don't know her like involvement in like the Clone Wars and even throughout up to like Revenge of the Sith, like it's like crazy, like a crazy like character that you're missing in your entire lore an experience I think in Star Wars and how she is so important to like characters like Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and even in the new ones like, uh, you know, the, in the Mandalorian as well. Like she is such an important character that I was shocked that she wasn't mentioned in any of the sequel trilogy movies, wasn't brought up until anything and pretty much until like the revive, uh, revival of Clone Wars and even in Mandalorian, I believe, season two, like, it was, you know, she was almost kind of, like, tossed away for a while. And it was kind of annoying. It was kind of like, wow, you have such a beloved character, a beloved female character that is strong in her own way and beloved by everybody who's seen it. I mean, like, there's going to be people who think that she's annoying and not a good character. Of course, that's with everybody. But, like, the fact that she has so much backstory and so much lore and so much, like, good storytelling, in my opinion, of her, of her journey throughout, you know, at this point, like, pretty much every, you know, the prequels, even through after the original trilogy and even after that with Mando, like, she's seen pretty much everything in Star Wars that, that we think that is, you know, the important nuggets, Right. Episodes 1 through 6, she's, she's pretty much seen it all, right? It's incredible, like, how much that character is so important to the entire story of Star Wars 
the fact that she's finally getting her own live-action TV show feels so, you know, right, but also, in a way, a little later than I would have expected, I'll be honest. Um, but nonetheless, we got the show, and Rosario Dawson is back as Ahsoka, like I said, um, reprising that role for Mandalorian and playing it very, very well. And as I was saying in the first two episodes that I really dug them, enjoyed them a lot, they had a very good feel to it. A very good, like, mythical feel of, like, the some of the mythical backstories of, or the backbone of the Star Wars universe and how, like, that was all going to be implemented into the show and even stuff going forward. Like, are they going to bring some of this stuff back? Are they going to even, you know, touch on this? What about that? There is a season two, I believe that is... Um, confirmed. I'm not sure how that's going to go. I mean, I'm really not too sure how that might go, which is a good thing because I want to be surprised. I want to see what the creators and the writers have to offer. But back to this season, though, this full season of, of Ahsoka. Um, this is going to be a spoiler review because I feel like I can't really touch on the moments without kind of um, telling you what happens and how you feel in those moments. So, you have been warned. There will be spoilers in this review going on from now, going forward. So, the show really, really um, goes for about the first four episodes. It feels so good. It feels very, very Star Wars-y. It feels very, very Rebels-y, which I dig. The fact that we get to see live-action Sabine, Hera, Ahsoka, Chopper, all in a live-action, like, it was just incredible to see. And the fact that, you know, the introduction of these bad bad characters, or the, the villains, sorry, this um, rogue Jedi named... Uh, uh, Balin Sark, I believe his name, Balin Sark, and then his apprentice, uh, Shin Hati. Um, not Sith, but more like a dark Jedi or rogue Jedi. Pretty cool to see. You never really see that. You always see either Sith, or I guess Kylo Ren was kind of a dark Jedi. He was not declared Sith. He was just like a dark side user. But, you know, in this one, they, they I think they make it pretty clear like they're, that they're not Sith at all. And um, so it feels very, very rebelsy, very cool. And we get to kind of see, if you remember in Star Wars Rebels, that whole like arc of like the world between worlds and how this um, is like almost like a dimension opening of where you can see um, uh, events that have happened in the past. It's been a while since I've seen that episode of Rebels, so I'm trying to... Uh, um, remember it from what it was. It was like almost like a timeline that you could see, like a mystical timeline that exists that you can see where these events have happened and even see people that have um, been in your past life. And there's an episode, episode five, I believe, that um, that really dives into that. Like like Ahsoka's battling Balin Sark. She gets, uh, it's like over like a cliff, you know, next to a cliff on an ocean side. And she gets kicked off, and she falls into this ocean. Into this ocean, and I don't know if she like goes into this world between worlds, or if she's like, 
dreaming about it, but in this world between worlds, she confronts her old master in the Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker. And it's Hayden Christensen reprising the role in the flesh, you know, in the garb as Anakin Skywalker from Revenge of the Sith. It isn't like some, like, old version that they, you know, um, that they tried, that they um, aged upward. It's like him from Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's pretty wild to see that, you know, and he's like, confronting Ahsoka, she's kind of doubting her abilities as a Jedi, doesn't really have a purpose, doesn't really have a motivation of being a Jedi, really, is kind of losing the faith, and losing her strength, and in this episode, like, he's, like, just trying to test her, and trying to be like, you know what, no, don't lose the faith in the Force, don't lose the faith in in the Jedi, and, you know, he's kind of, like, taking her throughout, like, important events, in um, the Clone Wars, and like they start to, they have like a lightsaber battle in the world between worlds, and then they have like a flashback when she was like a kid in the Clone Wars, and it was cool because it was like a flashback. So they got like a young actress to play a younger Ahsoka from the Clone Wars and depict like a battle, like like Anakin Skywalker was like wearing his uniform from. Um, the Clone Wars, and he was like General Skywalker vibes, and leading a bunch of clone troopers, and it was like, oh my god, like, this is incredible, this is like, you know, what live action Clone Wars would look like, and it was like, it looked amazing, I could not believe what they were doing, and, you know, flash forwarding to other parts of her life, like the Battle of Mandalore, towards the end of um, the Clone Wars series, and even having, you know, um, Anakin, like, kind of, like, you know, really, like, showing his, like, what he would look like if he did not get burned on Mustafar, like, there's this part where she's got to, like, really, like, battle Anakin Skywalker in the dark side form, like, evil, like, he has a red lightsaber, his eyes are, like, bloody, not bloody, but, like, Sith yellow, and he looks, like, crazy, you know, he looks like this is what it would have been if he did not lose to Obi-Wan on Mustafar, like, it was just incredible to see, and she battles him, and battles him, and battles him, and, um, she, um, learns, like, you know, to, to always believe, and to keep going, and to not stop, and that, that she can love, and she, she, you know, wants to live, she wants to keep going, and, and, and have a purpose in her life as a Jedi, and then Anakin, like, turns good again in that flashback. And is like, yeah, there's hope for you. And, like, you know, that, that whole episode ends, like, you know, them going to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, which was, like, their entire goal from the beginning. And then seeing him on, like, this planet that's, like, not even in the Star Wars galaxy. It's so far out that they took him. And it's like, if you know, it's like at the end of Rebels, like Thrawn and, and uh, goes away at the end, so far away, and he takes um, Ezra, who was a uh, was a part of the Rebels crew, and Ezra is in the show too, and he's on this planet that they're on, and it's just like a full like Rebels reunion, like it's actually crazy how, like, you know, that cartoon, that TV show that aired on Disney XD, like, seven or eight years ago, is now being, like, adapted 
and brought to life in live action with new ca- with new actors to portray these characters. And it's like we didn't even step a beat or miss a beat. And it's all thanks to Dave Filoni. Like Dave Filoni, that guy just gets like the Star Wars, like themes. He gets character development. He gets um, all this stuff just right. I think, in my opinion, about Star Wars. Like, his leadership, when he's, like, overseeing these projects, like, they just have, like, come with, like, a... Like, very, 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 very close to George Lucas as possible. Like, George Lucas was, like, Dave Filoni's master. And he did all he could and learned everything from George to develop these characters that he created in animation and eventually to bring them into um, live action, and I think that it, that 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 Ahsoka, the show for me, is one of like the you know the more the better attempts, one of the best attempts actually, to make a Star Wars show with already existing characters and existing worlds and experiences and build upon that respectfully for the to the characters that they've already created and added more to it and a whole new story to it and continuing it like i wish i wish i wish i wish that in the sequel trilogy we could be getting you know uh you know that the sequel trilogy had like grand admiral thrawn as the bad guy, instead of Palpatine again, like, they had this, you know, what, it could have been just much, much, much more cohesive, a, a, a universe that actually made sense, that, you know, that, um, that made sense, that things connected, that they weren't so, you know, confusing, like, the more I think about it, right, the more, like, these TV shows are getting closer and closer to the period, the time period of the sequel trilogy, right? And, you know, we have, like, in the show, we have the New Republic and, and where where they belong in, uh, in, the Star Wars, in the Star Wars galaxy. And then we have, you know, we have Thrawn, who has, like, pretty much, like, you know been on this planet for a while wanting to go back and not not being able to until the end of the the first series the season of Ahsoka to go back to their galaxy and to reclaim his empire like there's no mentions of like a Kylo Ren there's no mentions of a uh, of a of a supreme leader Snoke like there's no mentions of like oh maybe oh I heard a whisper that the emperor is still alive like it's almost weird to, to 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 think that this universe is connected to the sequel universe, like to the sequel stories. Like the, like it feels like that that the sequel stuff just does not connect to what they are building upon right now. Like it just does not feel like it connects whatsoever. And the sequel stuff you know, only happens about 33 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So it's, like, not that far of a time period, of a time frame, um, to be, you know, telling these type of stories, and, like, not, like, how are we gonna get to, you know, as a fan, how is this, like, the, the history of Star Wars, how, did it, how does this shape up until, 
you know, the fall of the Empire and Darth Vader and to, you know, the rise of the First Order, um, uh, the First Order with Kylo Ren and, and Supreme Leader Snoke. Like, how does this, how does this all get to that, you know, that part of the, of the galaxy? You know, how does that even work? I, I, I don't even know. If I'm being completely honest, I have no idea how any of this matches up. I've been trying to think about that because the more they bring in things that, that I like, like Ahsoka, like Anakin back, Anakin is even a force ghost in this. Like you see him for a brief second of him being a force ghost, like by right, right next to Ahsoka, you know, watching over Ahsoka. And you're thinking, I'm thinking to yourself, I'm thinking to myself, well, why was he not like, you know, watching over Luke Skywalker? Why was he not watching over Ray? You know, you know, Luke is his son. Like, why would he not watch over Luke? Why would he not watch over Ray, knowing the importance of their circumstances? Like, I just, I feel like Disney tried so hard to make everything new and not heard of, and almost like make it their own, and and try their hardest to not rely on already existing um canon to make their own we're at a point now where it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and up until these past shows like uh, obi-wan mandalorian uh ahsoka and or it all kind of is starting to make a little bit more sense of how where how and where things connect like at the end of Obi-Wan, we got, spoiler, um, at the end of Obi-Wan, the show, which I was disappointed with, we got a reunite a, a reunion between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn, Qui-Gon Jinn's Force Ghost. Like, like that was a moment where I think that everybody was waiting and, and hoping we, we would see more of in this show, and he's in there for 30 seconds of the show. It's like, now, now I, I know that the, the show, you know, is planting seeds and at least acknowledging like in like like the past characters, you know, on these on these characters' journeys. Like, yes, it makes total sense for Obi Wan's journey to continue as long as Qui Gon Jinn is still there, because in the canon, Qui Gon Jinn is a Force ghost. He has that ability. That's already been established. Why is he not there when in Return of the Jedi and in the original trilogy, Obi-Wan's Force Ghost is popping in and out with Luke Skywalker all the time? Like, why is why is Qui-Gon so rare when Obi-Wan in the OT is there all the time? It would... Think of this. I mean, it would just make more sense and so much have much more of an impact if Qui-Gon Jinn is in that Obi-Wan series throughout and not just for 30 seconds. Yes, those 30 seconds were awesome, but from the very beginning of the show, we're teased for Qui-Gon Jinn. We're teased like he's trying to communicate, he's trying to talk to Qui-Gon Jinn, and we barely get him at the very end for 30 seconds it might even be less you know it might even be less than 30 seconds 
but like it, it just it feels like there's canon there that are that already exists that we want to see that has a, ha, already has a potential to enhance these characters stories but disney just does not want to use it for some reason they would rather create like a rose tico character or like um i don't know azori bliss from the rise of skywalker like okay why it, it makes no sense you already have a gold mine of characters. Why don't you use more of them? Come on. And by the way, they already brought back um, Boba Fett. You know who they're going to bring back next. Come on. Mace Windu. They're going to bring that guy back. Like, no doubt. So, I know this kind of got on a little bit of a tangent with the Ahsoka review, but at the end of the day, Ahsoka is not my favorite new Star Wars show. That might still be Mandalorian. Nah, it might actually be my favorite. I mean, they're Mando Season 3, if I'm being completely honest, kind of brings Mando down for me. Um, just because it just kind of feels like a, a, a big step down from in terms of the quality. Ahsoka in a way, just felt much, much, you know, more grounded, more focused on the story. Not a whole lot of filler. I mean, I'll be honest, like, some episodes kind of feel like we're dragging along a little bit too much, but ultimately, we still stick with the same characters and the goal and what's happening that they've established. So it doesn't really feel like too much filler to me, but I'll give Ahsoka an 8.2 out of 10. It's not my favorite. It's not the best. It, it doesn't have a strong ending. The ending is a little bit weak, um, but it's definitely solid, and it leaves much more open and much more to be um, to be desired in the future. And hopefully, you know, we'll see more legacy characters pop in because, you know, like I said before, Ahsoka has been there and has been with all these legacy characters and the important events of Star Wars, she, she it deserves. She deserves to see like have more of these very, very, very important journeys and these important stories because the character herself is a, is just an important character. Like the fact that Disney just essentially kicked her to the side and said that like, you're not important is kind of criminal. Like she is so important to the the original and even the prequel trilogy like so important like but you know she got her new show she's gonna get a new another season so at, at least we're looking up at least we're making progress in, in 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 developing stories that are worth telling and i think that ahsoka was a story along with the other characters that appeared in rebels now in live action that are worth telling in the world of Star Wars. So I give that show. Ahsoka. An 8.2 out of 10. And that's going to be it for me today people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember you can find this podcast. On Apple Podcasts. Spotify and YouTube. At Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. New episodes drop every Thursday morning. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review. And do all that good stuff. And yeah thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week. 